Have you had a circumstance or many in your life where you feel like maybe God wasn't listening to your prayers or that he didn't give you the miracle you so needed? Maybe it was something big or something small, and maybe it was what we'd call a righteous desire, something that could only be a good thing if it were granted. Today, Neil and I discuss why we believe sometimes God doesn't give us what we ask for and what to do about it. We share from our own experience and what has been comforting and helpful in these times of trial. Okay, I'm here on a Sunday evening with Neil. Hi. And we are going to talk about, I'm I'm actually so excited that he's finally going to share this with us. He's been teaching seminary for how many months now? Um, let's see, since September. Okay. Over about three, three months and change. Okay. And I kept thinking, okay, when are you going to share some of these gems with us that you're teaching to these kids? And because I just keep getting all this feedback from other moms, like Neil's teaching my kid or he's teaching my kids and he's an incredible seminary teacher, which I completely could see and agree with, but I keep waiting for him. So to, you know, teach me or teach um, on the podcast. So today, finally, we're, we get to hear about one of the amazing lessons that he prepared. So Neil, tell us where this all kind of stemmed from. Well, this was an idea. So there, we're just going through the Book of Mormon and we're just basically all of the lessons have to do with certain sections of the Book of Mormon. So in this particular section, this is in uh, Mormon, uh, Mormon 9. So it talks about how God is a God of miracles. And if he performed miracles back in like biblical times, you have these examples of, you know, uh, parting the Red Sea and, you know, Jesus Christ performing all these miracles in the New Testament. And we know God is unchanging. Then what about today? You know, should, isn't God still a God of miracles um, today if he's an unchangeable being? So, it was a really cool lesson and I, I've had super, you know, a lot of really great experiences, particularly as serving as a, a missionary for a church that really supported that concept of miracles and seeing those each day and seeing them in my life and being able to reference them. But it's just an interesting time right now. So it was a little bit weird to throw out this lesson. I don't want to say weird, but, um, you know, during a time when things are kind of where we're at in California, kind of closing back down due to coronavirus. Um, we're at a stay-at-home order starting tonight. We are. Yeah. Oh, wow. So, I mean, it's just... Neil doesn't watch the news. He's I looking don't at know. me like, I know. wait, I'm what? I'm like, oh, really? This, this is why Corinne is so amazing. She shares with me the, the world updates. But um, it can be hard to look at this right now because there's so much. Um, it's really a trying time, the trying time of our faith. And I think a lot of people, you know, are probably looking at that like, okay, well, where is the miracle? Like we've been, you know, praying for this thing to go away or praying that things will get better or, um, you know, hoping that circumstances will change, whatever. Um, where Where is the miracle? Mm-hmm. And, and I think it's easy to, to feel that way. So this is kind of the, just the lesson that I put together and I came across this really cool talk. Um, it's this, this, uh, member of our leader in our church, Donald L. Hallstrom. So the, the title of the talk is, has the day of miracles ceased? And so he kind of addresses this, this topic and this concept. And he tells a story of 
um, there was a, a leader, young men's leader in our church who was hiking Mount Shasta. Um, you know, they made the summit, then he tripped, fell down, you know, a significant way, broke a bunch of bones, um, basically should have should have died, um, but miraculously was rescued by a helicopter, um, you know, went on to make a full recovery. The doctor was blown away. He's like, I'm an agnostic, but all I can say is this is a miracle that you're one alive and two, you'll, you know, make a full recovery. So we had this conversation, this, uh, this, this leader, uh, Donald Hallstrom had this conversation with this leader and was talking about it and, and how miraculous it was. And he cites that example of, wow, this miracle happened and how amazing that is. But then he brings up a really powerful concept. And this is kind of what got me was, um, and I'll just kind of quote directly from the, from the talk here. But um, he makes a really, really solid point. <clears throat> and he says, uh, says here, in pondering the experience of the Phil's family, this is his friend, I have thought much about the circumstances of so many others. What about the innumerable faith-filled, priesthood-blessing-receiving, unendingly prayed for, covenant-keeping, full of hope, Latter-day Saints whose miracle never comes, at least in the way they understand a miracle, at least in the way that others appear to receive miracles? What about those who suffer from profound afflictions, physically, mentally, emotionally, for years or for decades, or for their entire mortal life? What about those who die so very young? He goes on to cite a few other examples of, of people where the miracle, you know, seemingly never came. But then he says, my limited knowledge cannot explain why sometimes there is divine intervention and other times there is not. But perhaps we lack an understanding of what constitutes a miracle. Mm -hmm. And so then he, he gets into this definition and he, he basically says, um, often we describe a miracle as being healed with a, without a full explanation by medical science or as avoiding catastrophic danger by heeding a clear prompting. However, defining a miracle as a beneficial event brought about through divine power that mortals do not understand. Wow. Um, and so he, I think that definition and that mortals do not understand component, he, he kind of delves into that. Um, but I think it's a powerful concept mm -hmm. of, you know, what about when the miracle doesn't happen or w by, you know, our standards or in our view. Or your expectation of by, what should have happened. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Like what, you know, everyone's praying for this thing to happen, for this, uh, you know, this cancer to be cured or in this individual or someone to make a full recovery and they don't. Um, you know, what do we do with that? Mm -hmm. and And so... You know, I'm I'm sure you've COVID seen that like in your a, life. Well, yeah. it's just a perfect example of that because people are praying for, you know, the economy to return to normal. Or, you know, I talked to a friend of mine from our church family today who is an ER nurse. And I said, how are you doing? And she said, you know, people, you know, some people want to say like, oh, COVID's fake or whatever. She said, oh, let me show you my reality because perception is reality. And she said, let me show you what it's like for the healthcare workers who are so tired, just emotionally and physically and everything with taking care of ICU patients. And, you know, so, and, or for the family members who lost someone to COVID, like we personally know people who've 
lost family members to COVID. And so there's just so many complicated parts of this whole thing that I think have so many people in a feeling of desperation for things to quote unquote, but go back to normal and for God to just like sweep it all away and make it right, you know, in every aspect in the economy and people getting sick and people having to cancel things for just so many reasons for, you know, all of the affliction that it has caused so, so many people. Totally. And I think that it's easy to look at that where it's like, um, you know, if, we are taking these right actions or I'm making these sacrifices or I'm trying to live, you know, as best as I know how to live and be obedient to what I feel like God would have me do. Like why, you know, where, where is the miracle? Why isn't this happening? Why, you know, we, and, and our, even in our church, I think a lot of people could look at that and say, wow, okay. Are the, the, the leader of our church, president, president Nelson asked us to fast as a, basically a worldwide invitation to fast. Mm-hmm. Um, to go without food for, you know, two meals or 24 hours or however you know long you wanted to do it in order to, you know, show a spiritual sacrifice um, to, to bring about, you know, a, a certain blessing that the pandemic would be lessened or, or would, you know, would subside or, or whatever, you, however you participated in that. And a lot of people could look at that and be like, oh, well, it didn't happen or that didn't happen in the way that you thought that it would happen. So what about that? Mm-hmm. Um, so it raises that question and, and it kind of, it led me to, um, and this guy, um, Donald Hallstrom, he, he mentions a talk that he heard by another leader of, of our church, um, David Bednar, Elder Bednar, as we, we refer to him. But he mentions kind of a similar type of situation where he had a friend who had cancer and was going in for a major surgery and asked him for a blessing, um, you know, in order to, you know, blessing of healing or comfort um, in order to, you know, meet the the challenges of, of this disease. And so it's it's kind of crazy what happens. Um, so he, he asks him, he says um, he felt inspired to ask him a series of questions that he had not planned on asking him. He, he, so I'll, I'll quote from what he says here. He says, I then posed questions I had not planned to ask and had never previously considered. His friend's name was John. He says, John, do you have the faith not to be healed? If it is the will of our Heavenly Father that you are transferred by death in your youth to the spirit world to continue your ministry, do you have the faith to submit to his will and not be healed? That's bringing it. (laughs) That's, that's, that's bringing it. That's, uh, you know, like in that moment, that's a powerful question, you know? Yeah. It's like, do you have the faith to accept God's will is basically what, even if it's not what you're hoping for. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And so the quote, the the quote that I really love that that's super powerful that he pulls out is he he you know went through this questioning with his friend and they um, his friend basically at you know at the end of the story was like yes I do have the faith not to be healed if that's God's will, but he says you know as they spoke about it he says uh, you know going back to what the quoting here he says we recognized a principle that applies to every devoted disciple. Strong faith in the Savior is submissively accepting of His will and timing in our lives, 
even if the outcome is not what we hoped for or wanted. Super, super powerful. Strong faith in the Savior is submissively accepting of His will and timing in our lives, even if the outcome is not what we hoped for or wanted. So it comes back to that understanding of basically, um, and, and what I what I kind of took away from as I studied this lesson and, and I was trying to, you know, put it all together in my mind was, um, we don't understand or I don't understand all things, but I, but God does. And there are cool scriptures. There's a great scripture in Isaiah that talks about that, that my thoughts are not your thoughts. My ways are not your ways. Um, and, and do we, or do I trust that? Um, and do I trust it enough to, you know, when faced with circumstances that are really, really challenging, do I trust it enough to continue moving forward in faith, even though circumstances or situations are not favorable or not as, you know, what I thought they should be? So this is something I literally just thought of as you were sharing your part um, of this lesson. And the second half of this quotation has been shared over and over. I think it's the most requoted quote um, that I've heard in you know, recent years, but a lot of times the first half of this isn't shared and it's from the leader of our church, President Russell M. Nelson. And so two years ago, April, 2018, or two and a half years ago, he said this, our savior and redeemer, Jesus Christ will perform some of his mightiest works between now and when he comes again. We will see miraculous indications that God, the father and his son, Jesus Christ preside over this church in majesty and glory but in coming days, it will not be possible to survive spiritually without the guiding, directing, comforting, and constant influence of the Holy Ghost. And I just think it's amazing that, okay, obviously, he's, he identifies right here. Christ is not done performing miracles, first of all. Second of all, he's going to be performing more miracles before he comes again. So watch out for that. And that we will see miraculous indications that God and his son, Jesus Christ, preside over his church in majesty and glory. But in the coming days, it won't be possible to survive spiritually without, you know, the the guiding, directing, comforting and constant influence of the Holy Ghost. Sorry, I just keep repeating this, but that basically if you don't have the Holy Ghost to see those miracles, then you're probably not even going to recognize them that, you know, and so I think too, when I think back to some of the miracles that we learn about in the Bible, like, you know, Moses being able to part the Red Sea and save all the children of Israel, that wouldn't be such a miraculous story if it was like the first time, you know, one of the people in bondage prayed to be released from that, that God just like, you know, snapped his fingers and it all went away. There wouldn't be a story. There wouldn't be this miraculous, you know, huge change that everyone saw. And and so maybe that's what we're literally going through right now with coronavirus is something where we all have to be tried and tested as an entire world where we're all going to learn something from this if you have eyes to see it. Yeah. And I think even in that example of like Moses part in the Red Sea, they'd already gone through 
so much. And it was like they 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 were pinned in between the Red Sea and then behind them were all of the soldiers of, right. of Pharaoh that were coming to basically kill them. And they were riding up on them. And I, I can just only imagine in that moment, it's like, we are we going to die. Like, this yeah. is it. We, this is, we don't, we are out of time. And then that is the time that the, the Red Sea parted. So, um, you know, and I think it comes back to one of those things of, you know, we don't understand why, why didn't God do it earlier or when a we thought way, this was going to be a two week lockdown. <laughs> yeah. Why didn't we just, yeah, be locked down for two weeks and then he comes and parts the Red Sea and boom, we're done. So there, it's understanding that there are purposes, there are reasons that we don't understand, but God does. And it stretches our faith to have to understand that or believe in that. Um, and, and so for me, and, you know, I, I think it comes back to that component of, do I have enough faith to submit to God's will, even when I don't understand or see it as Elder Bednar said. Um, so just such a, I don't know, just such a powerful concept I've been thinking a lot about because I've seen that happen to a lot of people and a lot of people's lives where, or situations where the miracle at face value seems like it didn't happen. You know, and I, I think of in my own life and my own circumstances, like with my brother who died tragically, it's like how easily one thing could have been changed. Maybe that morning he did one thing different. He got called into an appointment or how easily that could have gone a different way, but it didn't. It went the way that it went. And do I have the faith to accept that? And, and understand that even though there's a lot of different people's agency involved in that, um, that do I have the faith to believe that God will consecrate that trial challenge experience for my gain and everybody else's gain? Well, and I don't know if we've ever shared this, but there were a few other times that Dave almost died right before he actually did die. Right. Yeah. And it's kind of, we've talked about this, just you and me about how interesting it is that he almost died with his, um, ac his bike accident, yeah. right? Yeah, like, no, like a really bad mountain bike accident the year before. And I mean, it, like that Eve easily could have been the time or there's yeah. another, you know, time in Lake Powell, there was another, you know, situation where he was skiing, water skiing, and, and got hurt. You know, all of the different times that that could have happened, but for whatever reason, it didn't. I think there are a lot of times where we just don't even realize that something, you know, maybe God saved us from some other circumstance, but then in his timing, you know, when things do happen in his timing and in his way, they're always for a purpose, including the times that, you know, we, if he controlled everyone else's agency and didn't allow for bad things to happen, then it wouldn't be heavenly father's perfect plan. It would be, um, that would be Satan's plan, you know, yeah. of, so I want to share something that, um, I found a long time ago, this was, this was something that I dug up in like the, the old archive, dusty archives of, um, some church teachings from our church. This was like the teachings of Spencer W. Kimball, but it really helped. I found it. I want to say this was 
I mean, it was several years ago and I think it was after one of those really, really horrific school shootings where I, it wasn't Sandy Hook, but it was um, something where just the nation was mourning over something that was really awful that happened. And so I want to read this. He says, two automobiles crashed when one went through a red light and six people were killed. Why would God not prevent this? Why should the young mother die of cancer and leave her eight children motherless? Why did the Lord not heal her? A little child was drowned. Another was run over. Why? A man died one day suddenly of a coronary occlusion. As he climbed a stairway, his body was found slumped on the floor. His wife cried out in agony. Why? Why would the Lord do this to me? Could he not have considered my three little children who still need a father? A young man died on the mission field and many people critically questioned, why did not the Lord protect this youth while he was doing proselyting work? I wish I could answer these questions with authority, but I cannot. I am sure that sometime we'll understand and be reconciled. But for the present, we must seek understanding as best we can in the gospel principles. Was it the Lord who directed the plane into the mountain to snuff out the lives of its occupants? Or were there mechanical faults or human errors? Did our Father in heaven cause the collision of the cars that took six people into eternity? Or was it the error of the driver who ignored the safety rules? Did God take the life of the young mother or prompt the child to toddle into the canal or guide the other car into the path of the oncoming car? Did the Lord cause the man to suffer a heart attack? Was the death of the missionary untimely? Answer if you can. I cannot for the... For though I know God has a major role in our lives, I do not know how much he causes to happen and how much he merely permits. Whatever the answer to this question, there is another I feel sure about. Could the Lord have prevented these tragedies? The answer is yes. The Lord is omnipotent with all power to control our lives, save us pain, prevent all accidents, drive all planes and cars, feed us, protect us, save us from labor, effort, sickness, even from death, if he will but he will not. We should be able to understand this because we can realize how unwise it would be for us to shield our children from all effort, from disappointments, temptations, sorrows, and suffering. The basic gospel law is free agency and eternal development. To force us to be careful or righteous would be to nullify that fundamental law and make growth impossible. Wow. You just up and found that that's amazing <laughs> i found it a few years ago i swear i shared it with no, you no i've time, never but... even heard that actually but yeah it's, that's so cool I'll, there's one other part of that that maybe i'll save for the end it's it's really good but well i think that that's powerful and it and it, what i'm realizing more and more is the the trusting one the eternal perspective is there is a god who has a plan for us and I don't always understand the details of that, mm -hmm. but I know that God loves me. And and so that component of God, like I am his child, he loves me and he knows what's best or how to make those negative experiences work for my gain eternally in the eternal realm and scheme of things. If I understand that, then, then that can help me to um, have enough faith and to to have peace, to just be like, okay, I know that God has this. I don't get it. I don't see it. I'm even frustrated or angry about it, but God gets it. And there is a reason he will take this and he will make it into something incredible. Um, and I like that, that it's like, did he cause that? 
did he make, did he make that happen or was it the agency of others? And, and, um, you know, we don't exactly know that. I think a lot of situations it is agency where someone chooses to do something, Mm -hmm. but even in those circumstances, he still can take that experience and just change it into a major blessing in the long run in, in the eternal you know, perspective help us for everybody yeah. yeah, that's involved or affected by it. So I don't know. Have you seen that in your life? Trent, I'll spin, spin a question back on you. Like what, you know, application, this is kind of, I've been talking a lot this one. Um, but for you, like what, what sticks out to you? I, it's hard for me to not think of anything, but that, uh, situation with Dave where, you know, when we got that phone call that morning, it was like, okay, let's immediately pray for Dave to be found. And that's just, that was like the automatic go-to, like, of course, we're going to pray for him to be found. And we had gone to the temple that morning. You shared before on the podcast, how you felt that like overwhelming sense of peace. And even when we found out that he was missing and we both felt like it's all going to be okay. And then when the miracle that we had prayed for didn't exactly happen, you know, that we found out that he had died and, um, in a really tragic way. And if you're new to our podcast and you've never heard that, you can go back and listen to it's our very first episode ever that we tell this whole story. But I think back on that experience and how there were so many moments just where we were super close to the spirit. And I feel like it was such a sacred time of communicating with heaven, like heaven felt very, very close uh, in those next couple of weeks where I felt Heavenly Father's comfort and peace and and the guidance um, of the Spirit and, and so much peace in Christ that to me, there was no question of the perfection of the plan of happiness, if that makes sense, if, of knowing that even though unjust things happen in this world and things that we can't explain and things that are very difficult to understand, I also, in those moments, I felt like I had more confidence in knowing that there was a plan that someday all of this will make sense and be okay more than I ever have in my life. Does that make sense yeah. in the way that I'm trying to explain it. I don't know. So that's, it's hard for me to think of anything else because I don't know that I've had a more powerful, I mean, and I, you and I both have been through hard things this year. I went through a really difficult um, time with postpartum depression. I've been divorced before. We have been through addiction recovery. Like there, there have been many other things that I've had happen that have been difficult. But I think that that is the strongest example to me of having, of praying for something and immediately finding out that we were not going to get the miracle that we prayed for. And then immediately feeling just some incredibly powerful witnesses of the spirit telling us that even though it didn't exactly happen the way we wanted it to happen, that God has a plan for all of this and that the atonement of Jesus Christ would make it all okay in the end. And that, you know, that, that the true peace that we would find would be in the Savior, Jesus Christ. I just, those, the stark contrast of the pleading for the miracle, not finding the miracle, but then having the peace come after is something that I don't know I've ever experienced in that short of a period of time and in quite as profound of a way. Yeah, I totally agree. I I think that 
then that was my experience too. I remember just sitting there thinking like, I, I expected it. I was just kind of like, yeah, he, he is fine. I can, I feel it. I can, I could literally feel like he is fine. Everything is fine. We are all good. I'm just waiting for confirmation. That's all it is. And I kept waiting for that phone call. I'm like, okay, I'm going to get a call. And it's going to be like, oh, hey, he's fine. Yeah, he was up, you know, the canyon somewhere and was out of cell service. And, you know, everyone's freaking out. And we're all going to, you know, kind of have a laugh about it or whatever. And I kept expecting to get that. And it just got later and later and later and later. And I'm like, where is my phone call? You know, and then when the phone finally did ring, I'm like, oh, okay, here we go. And then, and then it's like to get the exact opposite. It just was so weird. It was so contradictory because I felt so powerfully this, you know, spiritual impression, like everything is going to, is just fine. And, and he's just fine and everything's going to be okay. But yet in my, you know, my mortal eyes were like, no, it's not going to be okay. This just happened. And, and everything oh was not gosh. awesome. Yeah, yeah. It was, it was heaven and hell in, in the same week. Yeah. I mean, watching, brutal. yeah. I mean, being, being a witness of what that was like for his close family, his wife and his kids, that, that was, and your parents and you, like <laughs> that was not, it's not like it was great. And everyone was just like, oh, cool. Um, obviously, you know, it was, that was also one of the most horrific things I've witnessed, but it just, at the same time, the peace and the comfort and the more than anything, the many, many moments that I felt like the spirit testified that Jesus Christ is the true source of peace and that there's a plan for all of this. Like it just, I had never felt that confirmation as strongly as I did during that week of experiencing, um, you know, what it was like to have Dave die and just see everything that unfolded. What other thoughts did you share with your class or, you know, what other thoughts can you Well, I just think in general, it's, the concept of submitting to God's will. Mm -hmm. And that is so much of life and what I'm learning right now. And what I've learned through recovery, especially is this concept of surrendering to God's will and problems coming when we don't. And I think that it's easy to impose our will on God. And I feel like that's a constant battle for myself is not doing that. Because I think that there are things that are righteous desires of our heart or like, you know, something that we want that is like, hey, this is a good thing. I want to help somebody or I want my family to, you know, my family member to get better or I want, you know, this is a worthy desire. This person wants to be around and to, you know, watch their kids grow up like this is a righteous desire. I'm doing everything I'm supposed to be doing. I'm praying and then it doesn't happen. And there's there can be this feeling of like, where where's my miracle? Like I did everything I was supposed to do. Why, why not? Why mm -hmm. is this not happening? And that can be a very defining moment. And I think it is a defining moment of what we do with that. And I think it can, you know, end in a couple of different ways. One way is like, you know what? Okay. Yeah. Like I, I did everything I was supposed to do and it didn't happen. And so I'm, I'm, I'm pulling away. You know, I'm pulling back. I'm not going to, you know, I'm, my faith is no longer there in God. Like, forget this. It's not working it for me. It doesn't work. Yeah. Yeah. Like you guys say, all this stuff works. It doesn't, you know, you can, it can be that type of a deal or 
if there can be an education, like a spiritual education and, and development of like understanding and, and stretching ourselves and our faith in order to have more of a perspective that's eternal in nature and like realizing, Hey, it's, it's not just, you know, my view of life right now is very narrow, but God has a plan for me and my family that's eternal, that I don't 100% see the way that he sees it. But I know enough about God and I feel of his love and I can see in these circumstances. I love how President Nelson's focuses on gratitude. He's yeah, like, so powerful. be grateful because then we can start to see it. And, and we can start to see those blessings and see what God is doing to make things work for us in our lives and to bless us through challenging times. Right. And I had a uh, an institute teacher that would say, do you have eyes to see and ears to hear? And I still think about that, you know, like, do you have the, the eyes to see and the ears to hear? Um, the voice of the Lord or to see those miracles happening. And I do think that there's so much opportunity. I don't know anyone who would tell you, yeah, 2020 was a great year for me. Like I, I think that everyone is being challenged. And one cool thing I heard someone share the other day is I don't know that the whole entire world, or I don't know the last time the whole entire world was in a challenge together. So that's kind of a comforting thing, knowing that literally everyone in the world in some way is struggling with, you know, the same type of challenge. And so it's really up to us how we, you know, if we want to take that road of gratitude and trying to see where the Lord is blessing us or, you know, kind of turn away from that. But I want to share one last thing from that. these teachings of Spencer W. Kimball, and we will reference, we'll put this in the show notes because I know that I'll get questions about it. Um, And if you ever want references for our show notes, you can always go to mintero.com slash podcast and all of the quotations that we share are linked there. So they're um, reputably sourced or whatever. Is that the right word? Responsibly sourced. I don't know. Anyway, so... So Spencer W. Kimball said, if all the sick for whom we pray were healed, if all the righteous were protected and the wicked destroyed, the whole program of the Father would be annulled and the basic principle of the gospel, free agency, would be ended. No man would have to live by faith. If joy and peace and rewards were instantaneously given the doer of good, there could be no evil. All would do good, but not because of the righteous of doing good. There would be no test of strength, no development of character, no growth of powers, no free agency, only satanic controls. Should all prayers be immediately answered according to our selfish desires and our limited understanding, then there would be little or no suffering, sorrow, disappointment, or even death. And if these were not, there would also be no joy, success, resurrection, nor eternal life and Godhood. Wow. Pretty powerful stuff. So in... One of my favorite, very, very, very simple um, little analogies. I still have to go back to Finding Nemo where he was like, I promise nothing would ever happen to him. And then Dory says to to uh, the dad, what's the dad's name? Marlon. Mar- yeah. He's like, well, if nothing ever happened to him, then nothing would ever happen to him. And I, I know that's so simplistic and, you know, childlike, but 
if we come to this earth and nothing hard happens to us, then we're not going to learn. We're not going to grow. We're not going to become the people that God needs us to be. So uh, that's my parting words for this topic. What are yours, Neil? Yeah, I think um, in all, all of that said, I think it still is really, really, really hard. And I say yeah. that as one who's, you know, I, I'm not going to pit my challenges against anybody else's or say that I have a worse off or better off or whatever than someone else. But just from the challenges that I've been through, it is extremely difficult and it's, and it's long, it's a lifetime even of working those out and learning these things and, and having faith. Um, so in no means is this easy or, um, you know, like a kind of a, a quick, just like, oh yeah, just, just have more faith. You know, it, it, mm-hmm. it's very, there, there's a lot more to developing, um, in these scenarios that I've come to, come to find. But I think understanding that if I can, if I, knowing that God is God and has a plan for me and loves me, if I know those three things, then, then and understand that and feel that, then I find I have found that I I will be okay. Then it will make sense and it will come together. Um, and so I think that that that's really the takeaway that I've had to focus on is, you know, there is a God who knows all things that I don't know. He's perfect. He loves me. He has a plan for me, um, and, and that is just brings so much peace and help, you know, helps me to see things in the right way so that I can, you know, find joy in challenging circumstances and then have faith that things will work out in the end the way uh, t- to the best that they can and given the circumstances and according to God's plan. I love that. Well, I hope that this helps you in whatever you are facing right now, whatever your cross is to bear, whatever your burden is that you're carrying, that you will know that Heavenly Father loves you, just like Neil said, you know, and that there is a plan for all of this. And whatever we're going through is uh, to help us be the people that God needs us to be. Because as Sherry Dew says, and I love this concept so much, God needs a powerful people. So um, thanks for hanging out with us this week and we'll catch you next Monday. Thanks guys. Thanks so much for listening to Mint Arrow Messages. Make sure you follow us on Instagram at Mint Arrow. Subscribe to our Apple podcasts and rate and review us if you like us. And to get show notes, go to mintarrow.com slash podcast. And you can even sign up to get show notes emailed right to your inbox and we'll email you every time there's a new episode.